0: Blessed 2021, you know, today I'm preaching from home. There's a reason behind it. I'll tell you a little bit later. Every time when I preach, uh, there's always a world of emotion behind me. One thing to communicate what is something that God is doing in our lives and through our lives. You know, as I start this new series called Awesome God, a couple of thoughts that kind of uh, play behind my mind. My, my. Uh, one of them is uh, reading about the spike that has happened in this nation. Uh, the other one was 2020 was a difficult as we enter into 2021 Uh, we are unsure what's going to happen Uh, while i am saying all of that is uh, we as a whole entire movement is going to enter into exciting season of prayer and fasting Uh, but nevertheless last but not least was a couple of days ago in fact it was last sunday night i had a dinner with one of our church friends and then uh, Monday, I spent a day uh, just meeting up with two different people. And then Tuesday, I went over to Penang, or uh, azhar to actually pick up my mom. And she wanted a holiday, so we brought her to Penang. And on Wednesday night or evening, I received a call uh, from the friend that we met on Sunday night, stating to us that he was diagnosed uh, positive with covid Uh, And because of that, on Wednesday night itself, the moment I had the news, the wisest thing to do was actually to drive all the way back uh, to KL. And then first thing on Thursday morning, which is two days ago or three days ago, being Sunday today, then I was able to go for a swap test uh, to cut a long story short really by the grace of God. Uh, we were in close proximity, aircon room for a couple of hours and uh, having meals together, you know. But when we did the swap test, it came out negative. So I want you to know that I am right now fully quarantined. Uh, today is my sixth, and by Sunday will be my seventh day. Uh, I will go for my second swap, and I believe that uh, it will all remain negative. Uh, so, back behind my mind, not just this prayer and fasting season, not just of the COVID challenges, not just what I personally has gone through, me and my wife, uh, but it's also the friend that right now potentially will be sent uh, to the hospital uh, because tested positive. In the midst of all this emotion, I felt uh, compelled actually uh, to really preach what I'm going to preach today because I think this message has a lot of thoughts that I think God wants to communicate to us and uh, believing that every time when we come together, the Word of God is going to minister and to encourage every one of us. You know, this series is about awesome God. I want to begin by just talking a little bit about the word awesome. And I thought about the word awesome. I thought about we actually came from a very awful situation, not just me, uh, but, you know, just in view of what has happened to the global world. Uh, Because of the COVID-19, we had so many different challenges. Uh, Some of people plunged into depression. Uh, Some people had financial challenges, some lost their business, some potentially lost their loved ones, and in such an awful state, it's almost a contrast uh, that no matter how awful we are encountering or experiencing, I want you to know that there is really an awesome God. So, we're going to begin this year by focusing every of our thought about how awesome and how good and how relevant and how much we can put our trust in who God is. Now, what was unique about this prayer and fasting season is also what we're going to do is going to look at all the different names of God. Uh, There were were hundreds of titles of who God is. That's because of the vastness of who God is and you have all the different names uh, to describe who God is. So in this journey, whether it's through your own prayer devotion, which you have it in your Every Nation apps, or in the pulpit preaching for the next six weekends, we are all going to look at the different names of God. And I trust that every one of them is going to help you to draw one step closer uh, to who God is. But what was unique about the pulpit preaching about the names of God is the six different names of God that we're going to dish it out, are those names that really had an encounter with God, that brought up the wealth of the situation. You will were, you were begin to understand that it was in a very awful situation, somehow in what a person is going through, and then they had a revelation of how awesome God is. So uh, it is with that that I want to lay the basis for this entire series, which is everyone, different men and women of God, that encounter God in their awful state and realize how awesome uh, God is. You know, talking about names, name has meaning, Uh, like for example, my name is Timothy, it simply means honoring God in the valley. Uh, I kind of chose that name when I was in college or university as I go to US because nobody can mention uh Cajon. People ask me, I'm Cahorn, Kahong you know. So I finally decided to have an English name and I chose the name Timothy uh, simply because I think Timothy captures what's in my heart, which is honoring God in the valley, which means that when you are having difficulties, you still remain in the posture of honoring God. Uh, names has a destiny. You know, every one of our kids, uh, when we put their name, we try to not just find a meaning, there's a destiny towards it. Uh, When Joel was born, in fact, Joel simply means Yahweh is God. We want to declare that God is in our midst. We were asking for our first son and God gave us a son, Joash, and he's a king. You know, we wanted him to be someone that rules and somewhat like that a bit, you know, sometimes. okay. Uh, And Jaden simply is an answer of God telling us great and mighty things. Being born on uh, 3rd of March, In the year 2003, you know, 333. And finally, Joanna simply means that God has graciously given. Uh, every one of the name not only has a destiny, but it also has a story behind. Uh, so, you know, we can sit down and tell you any one of our kids' story. How, that, how did we derive that name? Uh, so is the name of God. Every one of them uh, has that. Uh, not only the name has a meaning, has a story, uh, and also has its uh, destiny. A uh, name actually has a powerful impact. And I want you to think about it. Last year, 2020, the whole global world knows only one name. And the name is COVID-19. Every household, every kid, every generation, every businessman, regardless of your rank, regardless of how wealthy you are, everyone knows that name. And name really has an impact. So when I was very young, uh, whenever my dad's name is mentioned, so all of us will be playing at home. You know, the moment say, dad is back. And all of us will immediately take out our books and started to pretend we are reading. Because there's that, influence uh, with that name i'm sure you have met people uh, who consistently drop names you know oh i know someone this dato or that dato i know this yb whatever because our name has a certain impact and influence and we like to do that so i want you to know that uh, today as you enter 2021 what's the name that is in your heart, is it still COVID-19? Uh, but I want to encourage you for the next six weekend, I want to propose to you the names of God. Something about the name of God, I think, that bring about a certain impact and a certain influence. Uh, there are two scriptures I want to give to you as we begin. First is Proverbs chapter 18, verse 10. The Bible says that the name of the Lord is a strong tower the righteous man runs into it and is saved. And I love that little verse because it says that this name of God is a strong tower. Every time you run to it, you will be saved. And the Bible is full of men and women of God who ran towards the name of God and they find refuge. And today is one of the prime example, one of the early, and in fact, the first name of God that was introduced, and that was a story of Moses. We'll come to it shortly. I'll give you the. Second verse, Daniel chapter 11, verse 32. It says here, but the people who know their God, you want to know God, you want to know His name. He says, shall be strong and carry out good exploit. I know that everybody loved this verse, but this verse, everybody loved uh, strength, and everybody loves carrying out great exploit, But it really boils down to whether do you, know, do you know the name of God? Do you know God? So I want to encourage you as we kind of hone in into this series, I pray that there's a desire, there's an appetite, there's something within your heart that churns within you and say, God, you know, I want to begin 2021 by just immersing myself into the name of God, by calling upon the name of God. And no matter what circumstances, what name has so-called defined you, whether it's sickness, whether it's business challenges, whether it's marriage conflict, whether it's it's relational strain, whether it's unforgiveness, I want to introduce you a whole series of the names of God in this prayer and fasting season for the next few days and also for the next six weeks as we feast on the name of God. Now, today, we're going to begin with the first one. The first name of God is going to be Jehovah. In fact, the name of Jehovah is a very interesting name, which we're going to look into because that's the way God first introduced himself. The background was really found in the book of Exodus. So if you have followed the story, you know that Exodus is really a story of God's redemption over the nation of Israel and in fact, to the entire global world. And that little story uh, in the book of Exodus have all the linguistic of the story of redemption, the metaphor of Passover, the metaphor of coming out from Egypt, the metaphor of parting the Red Sea, going to the Promised Land. Eventually, are all languages are uh, imagery throughout in the New Testament. So this story was found in the backdrop of the nation of Israel uh, by then was just a whole bunch slave of Israel who actually was caught up and they were trapped in this place called Egypt. So you know the story. For almost 300 years, there was slavery. And the Bible tells us that they cry out to God for a savior. Somewhere along the journey, as they grew very, very big and strong, uh, Pharaoh was very afraid. So one day, he decided he's going to massacre all the firstborn, all the child of a certain age. He's going to to kill them. And that's where the story of the miraculous escape of Moses uh, because the mom and put him at a river. And then the Pharaoh's daughter saw him, liked him, and then the sister Miriam went and introduced the mom as a caretaker. And you know the story, eventually he grew up in the palace. So Moses spent 40 years in the palace and groomed to be uh, one of the, uh, going to be an incredible leader uh, for the nation of Egypt. But what happened was, because of he was well taken care of by his mom, the mom put a desire in him to eventually one day be a deliverer for the nation of Israel or for the for the slaves of Israel. So one day he saw a conflict between an Egyptian and, a, and an Israelite uh, and what he did was he slayed the Egyptian and hid his body and then later he found out that there were Jews who knew about this. In his fear of thinking that Pharaoh would have known what has happened to him, he fled all the way to Median. So if you ever have a map Median is the exact pole opposite of where Egypt is. And that's how far he fled. And the Bible tells us that he was there for 40 years in the wilderness. 40 years in the palace, 40 years in Midian wilderness, and rewrote the chapter of his life. And eventually when God called him, which is a story, he led the nation of Israel for another 40 years. Someone once said that Moses was somebody... He was in the king's palace, then he became nobody, he was in the wilderness, and eventually he became God's buddy. Uh, so I want you to know that that is really the story of Moses. So the Moses that I'm going to introduce to you in Exodus chapter 3 is no longer the prince of Egypt, so to speak, uh, that you used to know. He used to be eloquent, mighty in speech. That's what the Bible talked about him. But now when you look at him, he's timid, he's frustrated, he's angry, he's confused. He doesn't know what's going to happen because he was stuck in the wilderness for 40 years. In fact, if you read carefully, Exodus chapter 2, Capture the story of him a little bit when especially when he had his first son. And he said this. He said, I am just a sojourner in a foreign land. It tells you a little bit of his identity that was absolutely lost and absolutely painful. And that's where we pick up the story. Exodus chapter 3 verse 1 to 15. The Bible says, now Moses was keeping the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian, and he led his flock to the west side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Horeb is where Sinai is and the mountain of God could be, this is the peak of where the mountain so it's called the mountain of God and the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire Out in the midst of a bush, he looked, behold, the bush was burning, yet it was not consumed. In where Moses is in the wilderness, it's common for bush to catch fire. However, for this one was a little bit unique because it burned, but it wasn't consumed. So something that really caught Moses by his attention. You know, something about God is, as you go about your daily life, he was just going about his mundane daily life. He was just helping to piece together, you know, the sheep and being a shepherd and do what the father-in-law wants him to do as every good son-in-law does, okay? Uh, but then God knocks on him. And you know, that's the, that's the typical story of every one of us. We go about our daily life. We go but somewhere along this journey. If we were to pay attention, God is trying to get our attention. So God got them, Moses' attention through a burning bush. And then Moses said, I will turn aside to see this great sight Why the bush is not burned. You know, I want to say this, okay, before I continue. Turning aside is one of those moments that you allow God to speak to you. As we enter into the prayer and fasting season, it's one of those turn-aside moments. For God to catch our attention, sometimes we need to give that attention. So Moses turned aside, gave that attention. When the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called him out of the bush. God said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here I am. Then he said, do not come near. Kind of a paradox, right? God wants him to see come, yet God says do not come near. In fact, you will find that tension throughout Old Testament because God is a God that wants people to draw near, yet in His holiness that could not be done. Uh, which is why you had the Day of Atonement, the high priest that represent the people. But did you know the Bible tells us in the New Testament, Jesus came and he tore that veil so that in Hebrews say we can come boldly to the throne of God. But here it is, it says that uh, take your sandals off your feet for the place on which you are standing is holy ground. And he says, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob and here the word God simply means Elohim. Elohim is just a generic use of for the word God so all this while he's known as Elohim in the beginning Elohim created heaven and earth. so all this while is that little word that described God and Moses hid his face for he was afraid to look at God. Verse 7 then the Lord said I have surely seen the affliction of my people. I want you to note all the different descriptions that God had towards him in response to the needs of the people. He said, I've surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmaster. I know their sufferings and I've come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptian and to bring them up out of that land to a good and brought land, a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, Hivites, and the Jebusites. And now, behold, the cry of the people of Israel has come to me, and I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. You know, I love this description about God. Talks about His seen, He heard, He knows, He comes down and to deliver and to bring them up to another land. You know, I, I cannot imagine... Any other better way to describe the complete involvement of God emotionally and in every capacity to deliver us. So I want you to know that uh, that is the God that you and I worship, okay? And then verse 10, okay, it says here, Come, I will send you to Pharaoh that you may bring my people, the children of Israel out of Egypt. But Moses said to God, Who am I? that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the children of Israel out of Egypt. And that was one of his uh, first struggle. In fact, eventually, you will find that in the following conversation, Moses had five excuses in which I'm going to list to you shortly. But in every one of them, God gave a response. But the first one, is said, who am I that I should go? And then God says, he says, but I will be with you. Moses asked, who am I? God said, I will be with you. The question is not who you are. The question is, who are you with or who is with you? And then he says, "I uh, will be with you. This shall be the sign for you. Uh, no one exactly know what is the sign for you. It could mean that God is with you, or it could be the sign of the burning bush. But God is trying to say. And most scholars believe that it has to be with that little phrase that I will be with you. That's a sign." That I have sent you and you have brought the nation, uh, the people of Egypt, you shall serve God on this mountain. Let me very quickly just give you, Moses eventually had five excuses. The first one was who am I? God said, I will be with you. The second one is who has sent me? Which we're going to read shortly. And then the Bible says, God said, I am. I will be who I will be. I am who I am. Let's send you. And then question number three or excuses number three. What if they don't believe or listen to me? And then Moses asked, Uh, God asked Moses to take his staff, threw it into the floor and then onto the floor and it became uh, a snake. And when he picked it up, he says, no longer Moses' staff, it becomes the rod of God. Wow, what a powerful response of God. Number four, he says, I'm not good with words. Then God asked Moses, who created the mouth? And then finally, he says, send someone else. And God says, Aaron will go with you, but you still need to go. You know, I love the five excuses of Moses because that's very common, just like every one of us. But I most of all love the five responses of God because in every one of them, he told Moses, "says no excuse. Uh, if I've caught you, I will empower you. Then Moses said to God, verse 13, he says, If I come to the people of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you, and they ask me, what is his name, what shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. Or in the Hebrew version, Ethe Yeh. That's actually the name of God, Yeah Okay, It simply means, uh, I will be whatever I'll be. I am who I am, I'll be, I'll be. Uh, it's a rich wealth name of the power of God, or the name of God. I'll come to that a bit shortly. And he said, "Say this to the nation. Of, say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you." God also said to Moses, "Say this to the people of Israel." The Lord, the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. Now, this is my name forever and thus I am to be remembered throughout all generations. Let me quickly walk through with you. God told Moses, my name is Ethier, which means that I'll be, I'll be. I am what I am. And I am send you. But when God told Moses to tell the people of Israel who sent him? He did not say Ethyeh. He says Yahweh has sent. So from Ethyeh, he changed it to Yahweh. The simple change is really very simple because in, in Ethyeh, it means that I am or I'll be what I'll be. But in Yahweh, it's, it means that he will be what he will be. Uh, because Moses cannot say, I am, send me. Because it's almost like I, you know, doesn't, but he Will be is the one that sent me. So there's a little change to make it more meaningful and understandable in the Hebrew language, which is why you created the name eventually called Yahweh. And for a lot of English translate, translation, we change it to the Lord. We change it to Lord, L-O-R-D. Capital L-O-R-D. That is what it has actually become, okay? Um, there's a whole historical journey how the word Yahweh actually eventually become L-O-R-D Alright I have no time But maybe in dialogue uh, We can sort of Talk a little bit About that Okay Now uh, I will be I will be Or F-D-A Or Yahweh uh, Simply means uh, I am who I am It simply means that God is the one That has self-existed Throughout No one created Him. He's the standard for everything. He created everything. He defines everything. He defines what is grace. He defines what is mercy. He defines what is love. And if you look at your note, it says here, uh, I will be all that I needed to be. I will create what I create. I define everything. And I am consistent one. I'm also the existent one. No one ever created me. I am sovereign. Which means that this whole concept about I will be, I will be. It's a huge concept that covers everything the way God wants it to define. So can you imagine? Now this is where I want to hopefully help you to understand the whole emotion. Moses at that time had an internal collapse in his world. He has lost confidence. He has, don't know who he is. He's, he was trying to find his pathway back. He doesn't know whether he's called of God. Externally, he has so much challenges. He's worried about where Pharaoh will come after him. Here am I. Here, here not am I. Here at that moment when he met God, God almost gave him a blank check, helping him to understand. It is not just any kind of God that called you. It is the only one true God that has created everything. I am everything, whatever needed to be. I am the one that is going to send you as you go forth to meet Pharaoh. And can you imagine? Moses, as he eventually said yes, and went to meet Pharaoh. He faced the external challenges of the might of the military, of Pharaoh. He faced the challenges of leading the whole entire nation and the murmuring and everything. But every time, whenever he comes to a deadlock, when he, when he, when he confronted with the Red Sea, when he found the soldiers of Pharaoh galloping behind them, when he found that they have no food, whatever, he always looked to Jehovah. Which is I will be whatever I will be. In fact, the name Jehovah uh, eventually has a lot of other titles. You have Jehovah Jireh, I will be the provider. You have Jehovah, Jehovah Nisi, I will be the winner. I'll be that name that brings victory. You know, and 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 Jehovah Shalom, I will be that peace. You know, because this huge coverage of Jehovah simply means that I'll be whatever I will be. It is with that, that Moses took that journey and eventually led the entire nation. You know, when I think about it, I don't think there's any other smaller kind of a significant name that will help Moses to step up. Moses needed in his awful state, to be confronted with an awesome God that is so wealthy in its name and its meaning that whatever I needed to be, I will be unto you. Uh, Let me just go back a little bit to, as we enter to 2021, uh, maybe I'm not too sure what's happening to internal world. I'm not too sure what's happening to external world. Maybe your internal world has caved in because of COVID-19, because of 2020. Maybe you are discouraged. uh, You felt a little bit uh, unsure, uncertain. Maybe as you look at 2021, you've got mountain of challenges ahead of you. I don't know what's your internal or external, but one thing I do know his name is Jehovah, and the Bible says, for generation after generation after generation. Let me bring you back to a little bit of my story. When I first found out that uh, I met someone positive with COVID in an enclosed environment, uh, we were in Penang. One of the very senior surgeons, which is a personal uh, mom's friend and you know, sort of know us pretty well as well, we were we were dialog, and he was telling me that his team. He says, you have every chance of getting it because it was a close environment, sort of encouraging me to just, you know, do the best with the given situation. Uh, I remember, I take that information uh, that we were in the same proximity, close at, but I bring all this and I remember that what defines me was no other name but the name of God. So as I prepare this message, I want you to know that I walk through a journey where I say, God, your name is Jehovah and I need you to be the one that I can run to that name and find refuge and strength. But I want to say this, I want to say this very carefully. Uh, you know, whenever we surrender to God, who He is, the vastness of who God is, sometimes the script doesn't happen to the way we wanted it to be. For my case, it happens to the way that I think God has wanted it to be, where He protects us, And obviously, we got another soft test to just make sure everything is well. But I believe in the name of God. But I want to say, even if I was tested positive, I believe that because of the vastness of who God is, God is going to be with us in the entire journey. I just think that the script will be very different. And I want to encourage you, every one of you, as listening to this message. If you believe that God is Jehovah, the all-encompassed God, Sometimes the script is not full healing. Sometimes the script is not you were fully protected. Yes, I contend for that. But when the time comes, it is not that. It is still the same Jehovah. It is not a lesser Jehovah. It is not a second class. It is still the same God I am, who I am. I'll be whatever I'll be. And He will take you on on the different journey on the route if you continue to trust Him. I believe that regardless of the external circumstances, you are still be able to write out a story where God is with you. You know, zoom all the way uh, to the front, bring forward to the New Testament. Jesus says, I am, in the book of John. And he gave the seven things about who I am, the bread of life, I'm the shepherd. You know, the whole concept of the wealth of who God is, regardless of our circumstances, is throughout the Bible. So as we start this series, awesome God, the name of God, the first name I want you to know, which is the wealthiest name, so to speak, the wealth of Jehovah. He will be whatever will be. So in 2021, I want you to walk confidently. Bring both your internal and external challenges unto God. Let Jehovah, the God that I, the God that He will be whatever will be is the one that's going to meet you exactly where you are. I'm going to pray for you as we bring all this to a close. God, we come before you. I'm grateful to you that you are Jehovah, uh, the God that will be whatever will be, the great I am, I am who I am. I just pray that even in this season, no matter what everybody is going through, we could be on the peak of our life at the lowest bottom. We just declare that Jehovah will lead us just as how you have led Moses and the nation of Israel out of Egypt, you will lead us out of every of our circumstances to the place where we are able to declare of your goodness, of your love, of your mercy, of your grace. I thank you. I pray all this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.